All the latest business news from WA, delivered daily. At close of business, news briefing. Good afternoon and welcome to At Close of Business. This is Simone Grogan with your top stories this Monday afternoon. House prices in Perth have increased at the highest rate in the nation over the past 12 months, but the city remains one of the most affordable in the country. CoreLogic's Home Value Index showed Perth's house prices have risen by 1.3% in September, outpacing the national increase to a median value of $618,363. Annually, Perth's home values have climbed by 8.8%, which is the highest of all cities above the national rise of 3.9%. CoreLogic's data showed national home values rose for the eighth consecutive month with a 0.8% lift in September. Monadelphus Group has moved to bolster its civil construction offerings with the purchase of Western Australian contractor Melcor Construction. The engineering company told the market this morning it had entered into an agreement to acquire Melcor, a 300-employee strong civil construction company subject to conditions. Monadelphus will make an initial $10 million cash payment, followed by a purchase price adjustment expected to be completed in the first half of this financial year. Osborne Park-based Melcor specialises in structural concrete services, including detailed earthworks formwork, reinforcement fixing and concrete placement. And lastly, Western Australia has the second highest growth in average hourly fees for outside school hours care in the country. The ACCC yesterday released its second interim report into childcare services and its findings on the sector's cost and affordability. The commission found the increase in the average hourly fee for outside school hours care from 2019 to 2022 was the biggest in Queensland at 10%, followed by WA at 7.4%. Northern Territory had a 6.4% increase in average hourly fees, according to ACCC's report. The ACCC also said a major outside school hours care operator found tender processes in Victoria, WA and independent schools were relatively more competitive, leading to pressure to offer higher licence fees to schools. And that's all from me this afternoon. You can read more on these headlines at businessnews.com.au. Coming up next on the podcast, Jack McGinn and Liv DeClerc talk about the growth of disability services provider Rocky Bay. Stay on top of the latest news stories that are impacting your business, industry or sector. The New Look Business News app gives subscribers breaking news alerts, access to editions, articles by category, as well as our advanced data and insight search function to find projects, people and companies. It's your mobile portal to the latest intelligence on commerce, politics and industry, wherever you are. Stay informed at critical times and download today. Visit businessnews.com.au forward slash app, download on the App Store or get it on Google Play now. Welcome back to our Close of Business. I'm Jack McGinn. Today I'm joined by Liv DeClerc. Liv, how are you? Very well, Jack. How are you? Really well, thank you. Good. Hey Liv, uh, disability service provider Rocky Bay recently ticked over into its 85th year of operation. You spoke to the CEO about the milestone in the most recent edition of the magazine. Uh, What did he have to say about the achievement? Well, Michael Tate, he's been with Rocky Bay for about 17 years now, and he said that it's obviously really important to recognise and celebrate this 85-year milestone and acknowledge the legacy left behind by those who came before him and all the other staff there at Rocky Bay. But This year, they haven't celebrated with a big party or anything like that. I think they actually had 
a really big celebration for their 75th or their 80th anniversary, I think. Um, but speaking with Michael, he said that the organisation's trying to be prudent and realistic in terms of financials, especially in consideration of the times where they're operating in now. It's been a really difficult period for all the disability services sector broadly. Um, and Michael said the NDIS has made the industry really fragile financially and it's just been a really tough time. So unfortunately they haven't been able to do anything big. I think they actually hired out a hall where Michael stood in front of everyone and thanked all the staff right. um, and he said there were cupcakes apparently. So <laughs> they did something small but yet, like I said, it has been a really difficult period for the disability services sector and like I said, with the NDIS, um, when I spoke to Michael, he said that he fully supports it and he knows it was always going to be a really bumpy road with it being one of the largest wholesale social welfare cha changes in Australian history, really, to an extent. And there's been a lot of important organisations that are really struggling through this transition and losing money. Um, so Rocky Bay recorded a revenue of $84 million at the end of the 2022 financial year, but its outgoing expenses for that same period amounted to $86.35 million. So you can see the financial turmoil being faced, especially with increased costs and other pressures in this current day and age. And at the end of the day, Rocky Bay's main objective is to build support and connection for people with disability and their loved ones. So I think with this 85th milestone, it's more of a priority for the organisation to focus on recognising the 3,400 people they're helping across 11 locations in WA and how they're going to expand into the next 85 years. It is a bit of a shame. 85 years is such a long time. I feel like, you know, it should be celebrated, but it sounds like in their own way they are celebrating and sort of looking to the future and what they need to do there. So Rocky Bay has a handful of projects underway at the moment. Um, there's plans for a $78 million facility. Um, that's one of the biggest. When's the new facility project expected to come to fruition? So the expected completion time for this new facility is 2025 at the moment, but as you can imagine, there's quite a lot going into this project. So in May this year, Rocky Bay's proposal to build this state-of-the-art facility in Belmont was approved by the Metro in a South Joint Development Assessment Panel. The facility has been designed to be a three-storey campus-style development made of connected pods around a community garden space. And in conversation with Michael, he said that the centre would set a new standard for disability support within WA, providing high-quality services such as paediatric therapy, inclusive early learning, hydrotherapy, multidisciplinary therapy, sector training, and lots of other programs as well. And he said the, the main reason why they want to build this state-of-the-art precinct was because the current building where Rocky Bay is mainly operating from, which is in Mosman Park, it doesn't really inspire, in Michael's terminology, um, mainly due to the fact that it's half a century old and pretty poorly designed. And having a facility that's vibrant and carefully designed makes such a difference, especially for the children that they're helping. And in Michael's words, we're a very wealthy state and setting a gold standard for disability services is just the right thing to do. So I believe over the next six to 12 months, the land at the Mosman Park facility is being zoned so it can then be sold to a large-scale developer and hopefully provide Rocky Bay with enough money to start the build in Belmont. And Michael said that the organisation will also launch a fundraiser campaign at the end of this year to generate more funds for that new facility, which, yeah, fingers crossed, will open up in 2025. Right, very exciting. So I understand Rocky Bay recognised that uh, the autism assessment wait times is a big issue in the disability services sector and it's been doing a bit of work towards filling that gap. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? 
Yeah, so this gap that Rocky Bay's recognised was, yeah, like you said, to do with the long wait times being faced by families to reach an autism diagnosis, which can sometimes be years. Wow. So, so far, Rocky Bay's established one autism assessment clinic at its Lady Lawley Cottage in Cottesloe, but the organisation is definitely looking to establish more clinics and expand this service, especially once they have that new facility in Belmont as well. Um, in regard to the Lady Lawley campus, Rocky Bay moved there earlier this year after entering a 20-year lease with the owner of the building, Australian Red Cross, to obviously provide its disability services from this facility. And speaking about Lady Lawley with Michael, he said that they plan to renovate that heritage listed site and actually transform it into a vibrant hub for children and young people, making it a kids-safe and more contemporary facility. And at the moment, the service provider is delivering its normal services in addition to this new autism assessment clinic as well. And it's also providing daycare services, kids' holiday programs, after-school care, early intervention and junior therapies as well. Mm. So another initiative that Rocky Bay has been investing in is developing this fit-for-purpose accommodation for the people that they support. Can you tell me a little bit more about that one? Of course. So Rocky Bay has a development arm called Shift Accessible Homes. And through this division, the organisation has tapped into the specialist disability accommodation incentives, which were set up by the NDIS. And it was basically established to fill this gap in accessible housing and involves properties being renovated or built from scratch to accommodate individuals with complex needs. So far, Rocky Bay has converted three former government houses into these SDA homes. And those original houses were built in the 80s. And again, like similarly to the Mosman Park facility, they were poorly designed with low ceilings and narrow corridors and none of the accessibility standards that are needed to accommodate people with these complex needs. So Rocky Bay has the advantage of designing houses based on the people that they already know are going to move into them. So they mm. find the customers first and then build the houses according to what these specific customers need. Um, and that's just so vital, especially when there's such a diverse range of individuals with, with such different housing requirements. So yeah, anyway, Rocky Bay has done stage one of this initiative, which as I said, was focused on replacing this older stock and offering it to existing clients. But the organisation currently has $40 million worth of housing under construction now. Three of these SDA home sites are opening in the next few weeks, I believe. And then there's another five opening either later this year or earlier next year. But Michael could not confirm exactly <laughs> when that's happening. Um, and when I spoke with him, he said that Rocky Bay staff and the board are actually already in discussion about embarking on a stage two of this initiative purely because of how great the results have been through that stage one. And it's just been so impactful and beneficial for the customers and for Rocky Bay as well. And these outcomes have also included a great return on investment. And I guess it's just ultimately the right thing to do. Mm, sounds that way. Certainly, I think it's one of those industries where that, that sort of fit for purpose angle really does come into its own. So it's great to hear that they're mm. able to match the accommodation with the people. Liv, it, it's a great piece that you've written here. Our listeners can find it online as of today or in the most recent edition of Business News. Thanks for joining me and sharing your insights. Have a great day. Thank you, you too. The latest business news delivered daily. Subscribe and rate the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. For all the latest business news, visit businessnews.com.au.